Gear up as Cash Miller and the team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello everyone, this is Cash Miller, your host of Marketing Masters. I'm the CEO of Titan Digital. Today I've got Rachel Allen with me, Bolt from the Blue. It's a marketing company, heavy focus on copywriting you know, and how you can be you know, really making improvements to your website. What I like today is we're gonna be talking about copy, but also the strategic side, brand voice and such, and how you take and translate that onto your website and other mediums and such. You know, in the past, I've talked about things you know, when it comes to the brand side, which brand voice is a piece of it. Now, how do we take it and put it into everything you're doing? Rachel, it's great to have you. Tell us something about yourself. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Uh, like you said, I run Bolt from the Blue Copywriting. Um, as we were talking before the show started, I just recently realized it's my 15th year of doing that, which feels absolutely wild to me and uh, makes me, I think, technically ancient in internet terms. <laughs> but um, it's a full service marketing agency. And as you said, we do everything from high level branding conversations right down to can you post on Instagram for me because I don't want to. Yeah, I, I always, you know, you mentioned the, the 15 years, I always find it amazing because I've been doing this, I've run my agency since 2011, but I started learning SEO in 2007 as a sideline mm -hmm. and such. And so I, I actually have a couple of employees that have been doing this longer than I have, because oh, wow. I feel, yeah, I feel like it's, you know, people don't realize that digital marketing really has only existed for about 23, 25 years or so, you know, you think mm -hmm. back, yes, it, it started in like, you know, 1995 or something like that, but it really yeah. didn't, nobody even knew what it was, you know, back then. And so it was the early 2000s that it started actually having relevance, you know, when they had banner ads and stuff coming out and SEO was just stuff keywords into everything and, yeah. you know, and it would rank because you had to first, and Google barely existed. It was Yahoo as the dominant search engine and, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. So, you know, you go back and it's like, wow, it's just, you know, the time kind of flew by and stuff, you know. Oh, gosh, yeah. My, I was, I kind of was fortunate in the way that I fell into this industry because I absolutely didn't plan it, but I went to school for journalism and I went to um, one of the first journalism programs in the country to do, get this, internet-based journalism. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm riding the wave of the future, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it amazing now because like I'll get ads and stuff online that, you know, for digital marketing courses, but we're not talking like just regular course. We're talking like from Vanderbilt and yeah. major universities now that are teaching this. I'm like, you know, the it's got to still be like 99% of people that do SEO is self-taught. You know, oh, we absolutely. all learn from somebody else and everything, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. You know, there's a guy that in uh, the SEO world, Rand Fishkin, um, mm -hmm. wrote a great book called The Founder and stuff. But he is uh, the founder of Moz, and he goes back like all you know to like 2002, and he yeah. started as a web design agency, oh, and then wow. he ended up building all these SEO tools. So he was a guy that was on the forefront of teaching others. You know, because we would just go online and we would read about a bunch of stuff, yeah. you know, and try it and see if it worked or not. You know, nowadays it's like, hey, you can spend a bunch of money, you know, thirty thousand dollars <laughs> a year or whatever for you know, and become you know, uh, 
you know, get a master. I don't know what they're, I assume it's at least bachelor's degrees and stuff. Yeah, and I like think so. Digital marketing and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Can I offer you, know? you a series of live journal posts instead? Some blogger entries? That's, that's yeah. how we started. <laughs> yeah. And we've often like our university here, we've had interns in the past with our agency and such that they'll go through the social media course. Mm-hmm. And the first thing like they come on and it's like, okay, you're going to intern. We'll now we'll actually teach you how this is done yeah. you know? <laughs> because what they're teaching in the schools, like, Oh my God. You know, it's like, have you people actually been in the working you know, workplace and actually done this for a living or are you just teaching theory, you know, essentially? Yeah. And you know, I think it, it changes so fast. And so by the time you can put something into a curriculum, it's already, you know, you're already gone. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> you know, our world is one that is ever evolving. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it never seems to stop. So today though, brand voice, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about it and we're going to talk about how it translates since you're, you know, a master copywriter and you've worked on, I assume, you know, tons of websites. Yeah. yeah a website is one of the first things people will ever see about, you know, your company. So it's that, you know, I've, for years I've told people it's a first impression because that's what mm-hmm. it is. You know, it, you know, they're going to look you up online and whatever they see, but what they read really matters. And the brand voice speaks to it because, you know, you talk about tone and things, you know, of when you're with somebody, you know, you're, you're on the site, you're going through it. What kind of impression, how are you portraying your brand? How are you talking to them? All of this matters. And so how, let's start there. Like, how do you go about that? You know, when you're dealing, I like to take kind of like, um, you know, if you were dealing with a client, Mm -hmm. where would you start on your approach for that? So the very first thing I always ask um, is, why does this matter? What are you doing here? What is this? How is this actually going to play into your bigger business objectives? Because I think a lot of people come in and they like they know they need a website, but they just think about it as a sort of separate entity. And I'm like, no, your website is a business asset. It needs to perform, and if it's going to perform, we need to be able to track that. And so, of course, if we're going to track that, we have to put some strategy around it. So that's the very first thing. I'm like, okay, what does your business actually do? Why do we care? Like, why do you care? What what drives you within it? And then what function is this website actually going to play for you? And then only after we have all of that uh, aligned, then we can get into the stuff of like, okay, and what does it sound like? And, you know, is there an avatar and all this kind of stuff? But that strategy always has to come first because otherwise you're just kind of guessing. And that's too much money to pay to guess. Yeah, it really is, you know. And so if you were, okay, if you're going to go ahead and you're, you're starting to put that down, you ask those questions, mm-hmm. you know, from, if you're the business owner, how do you, how do you start to decide that? You know, how do you, okay, I've been asked the question, what should I be thinking through to be able to get you the answer you need? You know, where, what's yeah. my side of it going to look like? So I think the first thing is just um, it's to set aside the preconceptions that you may have of like what the right answer for this looks like, because I think a lot of people, they think, okay, well, I'm running a business. And so that means that my goal is to make profits and my goal is to do whatever. And I'm like, sure, absolutely. And also you could do any other job in the entire world. And yet you've decided to sit in front of your computer and do something that necessitates you to work with a website in an online market. So like why this thing? So thinking about what it genuinely means to you and why you're here. If you're just doing that to make money, fantastic. That can be a fantastic goal. We can go for that all day long. But a lot of people that I work with, I mean, there are so much easier ways to make money than doing an online business. So I encourage them to think about, or running your own business at all, I encourage them to think about like, 
Why this thing? And if you can get to the heart of why they're doing something to begin with, a lot of times that actually informs um, these tacit business decisions that get made that don't really get articulated in, say, a mission, vision, values uh, exercise. And so if we can get to that, if you start thinking about that, so like, why are you doing it really and get really, really honest with yourself about it? And the answer may be something as simple as the thought of working in a cubicle makes me want to die, you know, and then we can work from there. But yeah, it's just getting honest. And then um, thinking about like, okay, what do you want? What do you want to have happen in your business in a year? Because if we can start from there, then we can work back and kind of reverse engineer the role of the website within that. Yeah. Can you like, so that people understand what really a brand voice is, do you Mm -hmm. have any particular examples, not necessarily of clients, just big brands themselves, you know, that you can kind of, um, you know, walk people through what they're trying to accomplish, you know, Mm -hmm. like what that voice looks like and kind of maybe how they put it together a little bit. Yeah. Um, one brand it's, I don't know, sort of moderately known, but, um, easily Googleable. So, um, there's a brand called getaway and they have these like little mini hipstery cabins that, uh, exist within like two hours of major cities. And I've tracked their brand development since the very, very beginning because it's been so fascinating to me because it's always been this very personable, um, very human driven brand. And every single email they send out every social media, like literally everything, it feels like you're talking to your buddy who happens to own a really nice cabin that you get to go hang out at. Yeah. And that's designed that way on purpose. And they, they do this with great attention to detail. So even um, I've stated them a couple of times. And every time you go, they have somebody on the campsite, write you a handwritten note and like sign it. So it, it's this very deliberate cultivation of we're hanging out we're humans together. Let's relax. And um, I love just the way they have that in every single iteration that you ever get from them in terms of messaging. That yeah. See, there's a great example of how you actually use brand voice because yeah, every email you get is in a certain tone. Mm-hmm. Handwritten notes is great. You know, it's those little things, but everything that they're doing is speaking in a certain way. You know, to their customer. And that is what resonates because you start, you start to develop a certain expectation. You know, it makes it a lot more memorable because, you know, if you receive an email or you see an ad or something like that, you know, like I say, you, re- you remember it automatically. It, you know, brand voice is not, like I say, everybody tends to think when it comes to branding of logos and stuff like that. Yeah. Brand voice is really how all of it speaks to you, whether it's, you know, like what you mentioned, or maybe it's, um, you know, talking about a certain type of lifestyle mm-hmm. or, you know, um, I always think the, uh, the sandwich chain, which, which, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I've seen their stuff, you know, a bit and whatnot. And there's, uh, you know, they use this like uh, freaking paper bag, you know, puppet and stuff. But the thing is, is everything you get from them, it speaks to a certain way. And they're trying to stand out as a, uh, you know, a sub chain, you mm-hmm. know, sandwich chain against everybody else. And everybody's got like a certain, you know, way of doing that for big brands, but smaller brands, you know, local businesses can do the same thing and make a mark, yeah. you know, as well. So, you know, if you're going through there, you know, like I say, there's a ton of copy, Okay. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing, you know, when you're like, you get onto the website, you're saying, okay, we got to build this out because you think websites and it's like, they can be, of course, they're very static and stuff. You know, typically it doesn't matter if things are moving and everything, you know, people are 
we scan everything now. Mm-hmm. You know, I know for a fact when I read, like, give me a book, I will read yeah. 100% of the words. Mm-hmm. Give me a website, and I will read 20% of the words and stuff. Yeah. So how do you take and, you know, really um, build up a brand voice and, you know, with a website and get people to actually, like, read some of that content and stuff? How do you go about it? A whole lot of really nerdy neuroscience. So um, <laughs> the way that I describe this to my, uh, when I teach workshops on this or if I'm speaking to someone, Um, to compress it, basically what I tell them is you buy in with novelty and you stay in with empathy. So as you said, we are Mm -hmm. dramatically oversaturated with marketing messaging. I think as of, this was 2006 and I cannot imagine it's gotten better, but as of that time, people were hit with over a hundred thousand messages a day, many of which boiled down to buy my thing in some way or the other, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to stand out. (laughs) And that's where you start getting, um, people do focus a lot on novelty. They focus on gimmicks. They focus on clickbait. And that does give you a little bit of a boost because the way that our brains developed, if something uh, opened a loop, if something sparked our curiosity, you get this immediate boost of uh, adrenaline, so energy, and norepinephrine, which is focus. And this is the cool part. That actually happens before your conscious brain gets on board with it. So this is some amygdala stuff. So you're... The, the back part of your brain has already decided, hey, we're going to pay attention to this thing. Now, here's where it gets really cool, though. We see people do this with uh, getting that little boost of norepinephrine and adrenaline, but then that dissipates really quickly as soon as the mystery is solved. So this is why clickbait's unsatisfying, right? You click and you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, you get yeah. there and you're really disappointed when you, yeah, I love, yeah, I, examples you know you have those sites that make their money off of all the ads and then you'll get on the site and it'll be like a ton of ads so they'll show you something did you know about this blah 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 and they'll put the most appealing whatever i Mm -hmm. love and then you get there and you just wanted to see that particular image and you can't find it for anything like you're 20 images exactly you're making yeah 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 Yeah, and they're hoping you'll click the wrong thing so you click the ad because the thing is saturated you know that thing alone gets you like 10 ads in one shot (laughs) Exactly. And that's why like it feels bad. It feels disappointing to us. It does. But if you can follow up, so instead of just having the novelty and then leaving it, if you can follow up with a display of empathy, um, you close the loop. So once we close the curiosity loop, you get a little dopamine burst, which is nice. But if you can show empathy, we're showing people like, hey, here's that thing you wanted. I gave it to you. Or, oh, you're in the right place. Or I get you. Or your problem is solvable. Or No longer will you have to look for the perfect toothbrush or whatever it is. Anything that shows them like, hey, man, I really get you. Then we get a double burst of dopamine as well as some oxytocin, which makes you feel connected. And all of this is Hmm. happening before the logical brain gets on board. So you can basically kind of Jedi mind trick or Jedi mind control people (laughs) into reading your stuff and sticking around and feeling good about you. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, yeah, because they say copy. I mean, you know, they say we, you know, scan things and everything, you know, so, you know, yeah, I like that Jedi mind trick to get them to read more because you've given them something sort of an aha, yeah. you know, oh, wow, let me, now I want to dive in. And it yeah. feels good. Yeah, it feels good to actually read it and stuff, you know, what you're getting back, you know. Mm-hmm. How do like, you know, I mean, does that, for business owners, I mean, because there's a lot of businesses that are essentially, you know, the same, right? Yeah. You know, like I say, so service-related businesses and whatnot, um, you know, or lawyers. And how do you get mm-hmm. an aha moment, like, you know, for something like that, that is essentially 
on the surface, very boring, you know, oh, really. I love this question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of the companies we work with are the, the so-called boring businesses. So we work okay. with like lawyers and accountants and engineers and um, like uh, a manufacturing um, and construction. And so what most people do is they go for the quality thing. We're the highest quality around. And I'm like, yeah. no. As uh, there's an essay by David uh, Hyatt called 12 issue 10, 10 something, uh, 10 lessons from a maker. And he says, nobody goes to sleep at night and dreams of high quality. And it's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what you have to do is you have to think of um, what I call the 4am language. So, you know, we all wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and your brain is just like terrifying thought, you know, you want to think about whatever that thing is. And that's where you find the aha moment. So um, to give you an example from law, I didn't write this, but I really wish I had. I saw it on a billboard in Mississippi of all places. Mm. It was for a law firm and uh, it just said, well, it can't hurt to call. And I was like, oh man, that's <laughs> perfect. Cause that's exactly when you're like, oh, should I, you know, it can't hurt to call. Ideal. So you yeah. try to get to that motivation of like, okay, what are they thinking about? So, um, uh, like with coaches, you know, they'll fall into coach speaky language a lot of times and be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm here to empower you to be your best self. And I'm like, yeah. no one has ever woken up at four in the morning and been like, man, if I could just get empowered to be my best self, everything would be perfect. Yeah, right. But yeah. they do wake up thinking, I cannot do one more week like this. Mm. And so if you can speak to that kind of stuff, that's where you really, one, stand out because who else is actually saying this kind of stuff? Yeah. And then two, you show the people like, hey, there's a human here too, and I get you. Yeah, that's so it's really about, you know, you got to think a lot more creatively, you know, because you're, mm -hmm. you're, you know, how do you take that business? How do you make it stand out? And you can use that language and you can really like, I, I love that, you know, it can't hurt to call. That's great because, yeah, perfect. yeah it's because it, it, that's exactly it. We're not saying, hey, we're going to, we are the lawyer that gets you, you know, tons of money and stuff. Because everybody says that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've worked a lot in the past in like the, uh, the trucking industry and recruiting mm -hmm. drivers. And, and the hardest thing is, is everybody offers the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like, what makes you actually different from everybody else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and that language that you use for going for, an aha type moment of, you know, let's say, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I would say with a trucking company. You know, trucking is like, everybody says you're going to be home on, on the yeah. weekends. We actually make it happen because I know trucker, one of, one of my best friends is a trucker and he's like always running over because the companies push him so long and so long. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah, I was thinking. I was. Doing. I was thinking just on the back of the truck. You could say it can be better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're going, yeah, really short and stuff. But that's what. That's the kind of thing that grabs your attention. It's like, oh man, you know, mm -hmm. Or you could change it around and say, because you're assuming that you have a big truck behind you, yeah. you could have it better. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. don't, we're not saying anything about benefits or anything like that. We're just, we are, it's, it's the implication. We're implying right. that we are better than the company you're working for. And mm -hmm. then it goes into that. It wouldn't hurt to call. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You could, you could kind of combine the two, you know, so that's, you know, so there are ways that you can, you know, use your copy that really can get people's attention and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I love, I love those examples. Um, yeah. You know, so when you're, okay, so you get the attention now, okay, websites are meant to generate leads and things like yeah. that, you know, so what, what kind of language and stuff are you using, you know, like you say, the idea is to get them to take action. Mm -hmm. So where do you go to get them to take action? How are you approaching that? 
So the first thing I do again is strategy. I take the exact same thing we talked about big picture with your business and then we apply it literally page by page. What is what do you want to happen at the end of the home page? What do you want to happen at the end of the about page? What do you want to happen at each section on your work with me page or your sales page or your product page? And we get crazy granular with it. So while we may only have one call to action on a page, we think through at what every single section does and the uh, behavior we want people to take. And then we think about ways that we can kind of nudge them in that direction and keep them moving from paragraph to paragraph or clicking through pictures or whatever it is that we want them to do, read a blog post. Hmm. And then we choose one really resonant call to action and we make it stupid simple. So um, people tend to overcomplicate these and they're like, to inquire about blah, 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 click here and find out blah, blah, blah. Like, nope, that's too many words. My brain has already gone. I don't care. But um, if you say like, click this button and let's talk like something really simple, like on my website at the end of my, uh, as loved by page, the button takes up half the page and it's like, click this one button. Let's fix it. So it's super (laughs) simple. That's a good one. Click this one button. Let's fix it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, because calls to action often often are like really not paid enough attention to on most yeah. websites. I think it's really amazing that, yeah, like I like to differentiate per page if you're going mm-hmm. to use any kind of a form that's going to stand out and stuff because you're on a specific service. Yeah. So you need something related to that, you know, and not just, hey, contact us for whatever. Yeah. And I think that's something like a lot of people, they make it too plain, you know, mm-hmm. request quote. You know, yeah, something like oh, that. But then yeah. you don't, yeah, but you don't want it super long either. So I like the idea that you try to make it a little catchier, you know, in mm-hmm. a sense, you know, like I say, it, you know, goes back to, I don't know, because of that copy, it's typically also in a larger font size and stuff yeah. that, you know, on there because it's a form or a button that's going to, you know, still prompting the same action. You know, you, you're going to stand out. So you don't want to make it overly wordy. No. But you don't want to keep it so simple that it's like, and it's the boring, same thing. Yeah, yeah you yeah, have a chance. People to, don't even see it, really. They just scan over it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's the same thing that they've read on already a dozen sites or something, you know. Because a lot of people, you know, when people are on, especially anything that's a service based site, a lawyer site or something, they're looking at multiples. They're not yeah. just looking at, you know, your site, the one you're, you know. They've probably already, you know, maybe they're just starting, but they also may have looked at half a dozen sites already. And there's, and what you're trying to do, you always got to remember that is your competition. doesn't matter which site they're on. You're still competing with them mm-hmm. and they may not have taken an action yet. You know, yep. And, or they may have, but so you can either be the first one that they do, you know, something with, or at least you can be part of the, you know, the conversation mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, neglected because a lot of especially like lawyers and stuff a lot of the sites tend to look you know yeah quite a bit alike and everything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then lawyers get really worried about getting on the wrong side of the uh, solicitation laws and stuff like that i'm like it's actually way simpler than you think and you can do it but what i love that you pointed out there too though is you can um you do need to keep your calls to action simple but one thing i've been seeing that works really well is if you have a slightly longer sentence before it that kind of like makes them laugh or something like that and then that simple call to action like um I did some copy for uh, a brand called e-commerce arcade and they're a Shopify consultant, which sound, you know, it's like, okay, Shopify consultant, which would normally be like, let's get your Shopify shop set up. Click here. Right. But you know, this woman has an incredible brand. And since it's arcade themed, we were playing on a lot of like old uh, pop culture stuff. And so every call to action had some sort of little joke uh, right before the contact button. So one of them, we were like, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Click here. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's oh, a really that's... fun combination. Yeah, that would be that would really be a lot of fun to do because you just you know you spend the time. Okay, what do we make this service like, and then the yeah. next one, or you know whatever the the point of the inquiry is. Um, you know that's great. You know that really shows you know how creative that you can get with your business and with your mm -hmm. website and such because there are things you can you know really do to stand out. And yeah. you know I think that's like I think that's one of the things that you know too too much business owners. And also the people that put together the sites at times, you know, they're, they're overlooking that, you know, it's. Yeah. I think they, they feel like they need to be professional, especially in the more sort of air quotes, boring industries, which are really usually very fascinating. But I think there's a difference. And what I tell my clients is there's a difference between being professional and being boring. Because yeah. if a client comes into your office, you're not talking to them like robo lawyer or robo accountant. You're probably like, Hey, what's up? Like, how can we help? You know, there's some, there's mm -hmm. some personality to it. So you can include that, you know, you don't have to be clever and pop culture-y if that's not you, um, yeah. but you can just include some humanity behind it. And that makes a huge amount of difference. Yeah. And that's, that goes back to where that, you know, that brand voice comes in and the tone you're taking with everything and stuff, because you're building that in. So if you're going to put it on your website, then you've also got to be willing to, you know, carry it over to other yeah. With you know, other mediums and stuff, you know, so how do you kind of go about that? You know, like, Hey, we've done the website now, you know, cause you, it's a consideration on the front end, you know, yeah. you don't want to do the website without the idea that you're not going to, mm -hmm. you know, social media and things like that. You've got to remember that you're going to go, we're not just, this isn't just isolated. A brand voice means everything. Yep. So uh, we go about that in two ways, which first of all is really talking to the client and being like, okay, you've said you want to go this way on the website and I will absolutely go that way on the website. But do you want to carry that over into every Instagram post you make, everything on your LinkedIn? Like, do you want that? And sometimes the answer is yes. And other times they're like, oh no, I don't want that at all. So we first make sure that they actually want to stand behind that brand voice. And then I walk them through um, what I talk about as being modular content. So as you know, everything we write, people think about it as discrete units. So like, this is a homepage, it lives on its own. And I'm like, nope, that's a homepage. And then you yank a headline, you yank a paragraph, you can move all of the elements of that around and um, move them over into social media or hmm. emails or modules or whatever. And so that's one way we actually just pull things directly across and anything that kind of ends up on the cutting room floor. So like if we had a really funny joke that we just couldn't fit in on the website, then I'm like, dude, put that on Instagram, you know, make a joke about it on TikTok, do something like that. So we use, um, we use what we have and we use what we didn't use before. Yeah, it's, you know, but I think that's good. To, you know, you have that discussion up front because you want to make sure like, look, this is, you know, if you're going to do this, know that you, you're going to want to do it all the way because yeah. otherwise you, you're going to have a disconnect. You know, yeah. if, if they come to your website through social media and you're speaking, you know, a certain way there and then your website's totally different there, they will wonder if they're even in the right place, depending oh, yeah. on how far apart they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the other thing is going like part of your brand voice should be used, you know, to attract new business and such, mm -hmm. you know, that if you do it right and not everything is about necessarily that you've got to inject humor or anything into it. There's, oh, no. there's yeah. different ways, you know, what are some of the things like, um, you know, humor is the most common thing that we think of, but mm -hmm. what are some other, you know, kind of approaches you've taken to it? Uh, a lot of them are just very deep empathy. So we've worked with clients um, in some some fairly sensitive industries. So um, uh, trusts and inheritances, um, I'm trying to think of some, oh, uh, death doulas, um, you know, things where people are, they're very tender. And so 
the thing that they really want in that situation is somebody to show up and know what's going on and tell them it's going to be okay. And so in the instance of the um, law firm that does trust, the very first thing we did, like we put the copy up and then we actually made a uh, handbook for everything you need to do in California after somebody dies, which is just a ridiculous number of logistical things. I would have had no idea. And if I was having to deal with that and then look something up while I was grieving, I can't even imagine how difficult that would be. Yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we have the copy. Like we're, we're saying you can trust us. And then we're showing you that you can trust us because here, look, here's this 50 page handbook that literally walks you through week by week, what happens after somebody dies and who you need to call and how you find the forms. Mm. So it's showing them as much as telling them. Yeah. And so you actually, you bring up a good point too, though. Um, you know, the common things that we think of, you know, with that brand voice is going to be your website and social media and stuff like that. But, you know, you mentioned also any kind of like publication or something that you're, you know, giving out, um, you know, whether it be, it could be white papers that you're, you know, having downloaded off your website or, mm -hmm. you know, just there's a bunch of things that you need to be thinking about um, sort of the extras, yeah. stuff that you're going to use within your business. But you know that, you know, the copy is going to matter and you need to carry that in, you know, to those things too. Because again, it's part of its consistency. Absolutely. Yeah. It is so, so, so key. Something um, I say when I'm teaching sales page workshops uh, is that all copy is sales copy. And by that, I don't mean to like always be closing, you know, coffee is for yeah. closers, Glenn Gary, none of that. Yeah. Um, what I mean is, as you said earlier, if somebody gets all the way through connecting with you and then gets to a sales page or a sales post, and it feels like you've had a personality transplant, something has gone badly wrong before this. Yeah. I love what you just meant. It's your, your brand voice is actually like the personality of your business, at least yeah. as far as public facing, exactly. you know, you may operate totally different internally than what you're, you know, doing on the outside, you know, as far as everything is kind of pointed outward, but it is a personality that you're developing. And yeah, it could have, you know, empathy with people, depending on what you do, it could have humor, it could be, mm -hmm. a, you know, just a very serious tone, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what, you know, everything is kind of, you know, you want to analyze your business and kind of say what makes sense and also what would differentiate you from everybody else, mm -hmm. you know, because if everybody's trying to be funny, you yeah. know, well, there's other ways to go about, you know, go about it. Maybe you are the serious one. Maybe there is yeah. a way to take and combine the two, you know, yeah. and you can make it funny because you sound so serious, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, we've had, um, I've, I've seen that kind of play out because we've worked with different accounting firms over the years. And one of them, their whole deal was that they were accountants specifically for entrepreneurs who are scared of accountants. And I was like, oh, I feel you. I am all over this. So <laughs> yeah. we had to make it super approachable, you know? And then I've had other ones where they're like, my entire deal is I work with entrepreneurs and people in industries with an unstable cash flow. And so the main thing I want to be is a calming influence. So their mm. website is very calm. It's serious, but still like kind. And it's just like, hey, Here's what's going to happen. One, two, three, simple, done. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, what would, if you've got, you've got a business owner, whatnot, entrepreneur, they are considering, okay, you know, we are about to do this. Like, yeah. We, we know the, you know, we've got our brand down and stuff, but we're trying to develop our voice and we've got to carry it through. What are the steps that you would typically take them through that you're going to have to do this approach, you know, so that we have like a takeaway. If you're going to, if you're going to really serious, because a lot of businesses don't actually have a brand voice. So yeah. if you say, Hey, we're going to do this, what is it going to, you know, what does it look like for them? So they're prepared. So, uh, 
agencies do this differently. I can tell you the way that we do it, um, which I think works really well. Uh, we do a four-step process where we start out, um, hang on, I'll do the four steps and then I'll go into them. So the four-step process is you get clarity of message, then audience, then strategy, then execution. So message before anything else, before you even care about who you're selling to, you think about, okay, what am, what are we actually saying here? Who are we? And you do this first because otherwise you're just going to try it, like end up chasing fads and chasing what other people want, which is going to lead to some hollowness in your messaging. Mm -hmm. So message first, what do we have to say, even if nobody else overhears it? Then audience, who are we saying this to and how can we inflect that message in such a way that will resonate with them? Then you think strategy, because as we've been talking about, this is a business thing. We're not just putting words up there because it's fun. We're doing it because we want you to have a business relationship with people. So strategy, what are these words going to do in this context? How are they going to work? What are we going to, how are we going to know if it's working? What metrics can we track both quantitative and qualitative? And then finally execution. How are we going to execute on this? Do we have the talent to do this in house? Do we need to work with a team? Do we want to bring in uh, you know, a fractional marketing team to help us do this? Are we talkers in our business? Are we writers? You know, so we think through all the really technical elements of like, how can you get this message out easily? So that's the way that we do it. But if you do nothing else, I think starting with that message and just getting very clear on what you have to say will put you so far ahead of the game. Well, yeah, and that's, I say, I think it's something that's really important for business owners, you know, that they do consider it. Like I say, a lot of businesses have never really take, you know, thought about it. You know, they just yeah. like, I run my company and then that's what I do. And, you know, but from a marketing standpoint, you know, if you're going to invest, you want to start thinking about those things and develop something because as marketers, it gives us something to really build around. It's, yeah. you know, you know, and businesses, no matter what, they kind of, they have a voice, whether they realize it or not. It's yeah. just a matter of whether you're actually controlling it. Exactly. You know, you know because, you know, it, if you've got people in the public, you know, that are, you know, dealing with customers or like I say, you're going to develop a voice, mm -hmm. but it might not be one that you want. Exactly. You and know, so it's much better to control it from your end. So, because if you don't decide, then this is the exact same thing with positioning, right? If you don't decide on your positioning and your marketing, then other people are going to decide it for you and you probably won't like what they think. Yeah, that's that's totally true. So, you know, it is an opportunity from a marketing standpoint to be able to stand out from everybody else. Because yeah. like I say, a lot of companies, especially smaller businesses, aren't actually paying attention to it. And you can, you know, develop it for yourself. That will help you stand out in the market. So, you know, it's an opportunity. Business owners should be taking it, you know, advantage of. They should be really looking at it. And if you're going to go forward with it, then know that you're going to have to do it across multiple things. It's not yeah. just one piece, you know, it's going to be your website, it's going to be your social, it's going to be, you know, other documentation, other things that you give out marketing materials, whatever mm. it might be. But if you're, if it's going to be, you know, given to the public in any form, yeah. then you're going to have to incorporate it into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Anything client facing. Well, this is, this has been great, Rachel, you know, like, um, you are so informed you know, with this. So your years of experience easily show through. Um, how would people get a hold of you if they, they want to take advantage of your expertise? Uh, I'm very easy to find on the internet. So uh, you can find me at boltfromthebluecopywriting.com, also on Instagram at boltfromthelue copywriting and Facebook at boltfromthelucopywriting. Um, or you can also just send me an email at rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at boltfromthebluecopywriting.com and I will email you back. 
and I really highly recommend that you do go to her website. But if you do, go to the about page because you're going to see some <laughs> great pictures of Rachel. Yeah. You know, um, making some very interesting faces. You know, <laughs> and you'll so. learn even more neuroscience. <laughs> yeah, and you'll see how how you can use imagery to stand out. It's great. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it's been great having you on. I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters. I'm the CEO of Titan Digital. This has been another wonderful episode, and we hope everybody gets something out of it. Brand voice really does matter, and it can give you an edge in your market.